So today I want to focus on three particular verses uh, that we heard read today. Uh, The first two from Paul's letter to the Romans, and the third from the Gospel according to Matthew. And we're going to look at these three verses as we emphasize that caring for ourselves is good and necessary and God-ordained, and that self-care is the basis of long-term transformative service and advocacy. So if you look at the the front of your bulletin, um, at the front of your bulletin, uh, this design uh, by Janet Mum, a member of our congregation of uh, a healthier St. Louis, has in the center of it a heart that has the word care. And on either side, we see serve and advocate. And so these are the three things we're focusing on this year in our Healthier St. Louis theme. And as we do so, the care is in the center. Or as Micah 6.8 puts it, what does the Lord require? To do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with God. And we're shortening the walk humbly with God to care, uh, caring for ourselves and to do justice and to love mercy as advocate and serve. So the first verse we're looking at is Romans 13, verse 8. Owe no one anything except to love one another. Now, I think it's really easy for us in the church and just as humans in general to feel like we have to do things for other people. We have to help. We have to share. We have to give. We have to serve. And yet, when care, service, or advocacy is coerced or forced or born out of shame or guilt, we are not helping anyone in the long run. Have you ever had to help someone and you felt like you just didn't have a choice? This leads to resentment. And many of us who are long-term caregivers will tell you that if you're a long-term caregiver for someone else and you feel like you have to, you're obligated, you have to do all of these things and then you resent it, you lose the love that may have urged you to care for the other person in the first place. And so we don't want to ever have, we don't want to get to the point of compassion fatigue, where we feel forced or coerced into doing something. Many times this happens in conversations about race. And as we look at a healthier St. Louis, we're looking at health disparities between African Americans and white Americans in St. Louis city and county. That's part of how this For the Sake of All report was generated. And I, uh, I saved this tweet uh, a while ago and printed it out. And I love what this, uh, this person on Twitter says, Yolanda is her name. White people, no one is asking you to apologize for your ancestors. We're asking you to dismantle the systems they built and you maintain. Because sometimes we get into this feeling of, well, I have so much white guilt or I have so much shame, and therefore I need to be helping other people. I just have to do these other things. 
again, if it's born out of guilt or shame, we might not have the ability to sustain something for the long haul. One of my advisors in seminary used to say that in order to write a thesis or a dissertation, you were going to be motivated by either anger or love, and anger might not get you over the finish line. So our motivation for love, our motivation of caring, our motivation not of guilt or shame, but of saying there is a vision of how God wants the world to be, and this is how I can participate in it, that's That's what Paul is talking about when he says, Owe no one anything except love. Don't be motivated by the sense of shame. Be motivated by the love and the justice which God puts in our hearts. Now, if you have given regularly to University United Methodist Church over the last year, you should have gotten a letter this past week thanking you for your gift and letting you know about our stewardship campaign, where on October 1st, we will be receiving um, our estimates of giving for 2018. And along with that letter to folks who uh, give regularly, we shared that we already know that in 2018, we will be $25,000 under what we were in 2017 due to deaths and moves of beloved members this year. Now, as leaders of the church and as the pastor, I could say, you must give this. If you don't, the building's going to fall down. Or, you know, pie, you know, not pie in the sky, the opposite of that. Things bad falling from the sky. But that's not what we're called to do. We're called to recognize the situation and then to discern with joy how is God calling us, not out of a sense of guilt or obligation, but how with joy is God calling me to make a difference at this time. So last week, right as we were beginning to share uh, this news about our church financial situation, we also took up an offering for uh, U.S. disaster relief in the face of Hurricane Harvey. And one of the counters came to me afterwards and said, you wouldn't believe how much money we brought in today. Well, we had $1,300 go to Hurricane Harvey relief, which we hadn't advertised in advance, and we uh, were just spontaneously sharing out of the goodness and generosity of our heart. Today we're receiving another offering towards U.S. disaster relief because Hurricane Irma is now bearing down on the Florida coast following Hurricane Harvey. And so if you want to give today, then write UMCOR or Hurricane Relief or Disaster Relief, something like that, in your check memo line or on your envelope. But we're giving out of joy at the possibility of making a difference. Not because I'm looking at Brad and saying, Brad, you need to get $500 towards Hurricane Harvey relief, or you're a bad person. Um, also, Adam, my checkbook is still in, the, in there, so we'll have to do that later. We talked about this earlier. Okay, sorry. Focus, focus. Um, so we're caring for ourselves. We're caring for others. And we're not going to owe anything except for love.
The second verse we're looking at is Romans chapter 13, verse 9. Love your neighbor as yourself. Some of us, if you loved me the way you love yourselves, it would be horrible. Some of us don't love ourselves at all. And the idea of loving a neighbor at that level would just not work. So we're asked to actually love ourselves, to value ourselves, to care for ourselves. In Micah, we say, walk humbly with our God. Humility, humbling ourselves, is placing ourselves in proper relationship with the divine. So no, we're not God, but we're precious and beloved children of God. And so when with humility, we say, I'm not God, and yet I'm God's servant. And I'm able to make a difference in the world. And I'm beloved by God. And my life matters. We sometimes then have to receive care from other people. And sometimes accepting help is harder than giving help. Sometimes allowing others in to see the problems and the pain and the hurt that we have is more difficult and brave and humbling than it is to pretend like we've got it all together and therefore we're going to go out and save other people. When we think about racial divisions in St. Louis. There are times when it's hard to feel like we're able to do the work. There are times when we might be experiencing trauma ourselves, and we have to take care of our own emotional health so that we can actually go and make a difference for other people. And there are times in our lives when we're able to be out on the front lines, be making a difference each and every day. And there are other times when we have to pause and regroup and think, how am I caring for myself in the long haul? And how am I supporting others to care for themselves? The long-term work of transformation. This is really important when we think about a healthier St. Louis Because emotional wellness is so important for us to be able to care for others. If you are like my mother's entire side of her family, and you hate, fear, and have contempt for any sort of illness or weakness or injury in yourself, then the most that you can possibly feel for other people who have chronic illness or injury or a disability is pity. And that's like the best case scenario. It's more likely to have contempt. And when we pity others, we're not allowing ourselves to experience mutually transformative relationships. Pity creates an us-them relationship that cannot transform. And self-contempt can lead to other contempt. 
So I'm a 30-something woman in America. I occasionally struggle with body image issues. If I am going to support my friends who have eating disorders, but meanwhile, I'm looking at myself and complaining and thinking all kinds of negative things about myself, how am I really going to be able to move past and move alongside my loved ones who need and want me to be able to care for myself as I care for them? And so when we judge other people and we're like, why don't they just do X, Y, or Z, and then they'd be healthy, we can refer to the words of the great moral philosopher Ice Cube, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. So as we think about stewardship and giving over the coming month and caring for ourselves, Sometimes we have to get our own financial house in order so that we can then be generous and giving like we want to be. So if you don't have an emergency fund that has four to six months worth of living expenses in it, focus on that and then come back. We'll still have the same 25000 missing from our budget. So get your emergency fund in place. Then come back and give. And at that point, we encourage people to use the 10-10-80 model of budgeting, where you have 10% to God, 10% to savings, and then living on the rest of that 80%. At my last church, we had one woman who realized during a stewardship campaign one year that loving herself would mean getting out of credit card debt. And so she began attacking one credit card and paying it off. And then she was going the second credit card and then the third credit card. And three years later, she was able to share with the church that she had completely paid off her credit card debt. And she was so excited, so excited. And at this point, she was going to be rolling all this amount that she'd been paying in interest. All of this amount she'd been paying towards credit card debt was now going to be her gift to God through the church. Sometimes caring for others requires that we spend time caring for ourselves first so that we're able to really love others the way that we love ourselves. The final verse that we're going to focus on is Matthew chapter 18, verse 15. If someone sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If you are not listened to, take one or two others along with you. So, sidebar, if someone sends against you, you don't just send out an email to 50 people explaining how they send against you. And you don't just tell somebody else about how this person has sinned against you. But we're called to care for ourselves by advocating for ourselves. We're called to go and speak to the one who has hurt us. To speak up, to say no, to say yes, to draw boundaries, 
We're called to advocate for ourselves, and then we're able to advocate for others. Now, sometimes we'll depend on others. There are times when we're just not capable of advocating for ourselves on our own. We have to call in a supervisor. We have to um, record the conversation. You know, there are various ways in which, depending on how you're advocating for yourself, you might have to get the police involved. There are other things like that that happen. Sometimes we'll depend on others, and we need to bring others alongside of us as supports and witnesses. And sometimes others will depend on us, and they'll call us to come alongside them and witness to their own advocacy and support and encourage them. And this is best when it's sometimes I'm dependent and sometimes you're dependent and sometimes I'm dependent and sometimes you're dependent, and we are mutually interdependent on one another, not where just one person all the time is being spoken for by the other person. One of my uh, childhood best friends, his, his mother would always, he didn't speak very much, like ever. Like I've heard him, he was a childhood best friend, but I've only heard him speak like a dozen words in 30 years. Um, he, he never said what he wanted to do, but his mother would be like, oh, Jameson wants to go to the zoo today. <laughs> and it didn't matter what it was. It was always, she was taking his voice and using his voice for him. We can do that when we speak for others without actually coming alongside them and advocating with them. So the Mission and Social Justice team this year read the book Toxic Charity and took away the key points that we have to provide dignity and prevent dependence and empower those being helped so that we are coming alongside people who need and want to advocate for themselves and supporting them and witnessing with them and standing alongside them as they advocate and as we advocate together. And this is really important for those of us who are Christians in part because we like being good people and it makes us feel good. That one of the ways we care, both for others and ourselves, is to recognize when we're getting a Messiah complex about rescuing or helping other people. Because we have a Savior, and I am not it, and you are not it. We come alongside, we advocate, we encourage people to advocate for themselves, and we advocate as a community. And this is the caring in which we don't take other people's voices away, but we might provide the microphone, amplify them, support them. So our concluding challenge is to love yourself. Care for yourself. Allow others to care for you. And none of what I say should be construed as care for yourself only or jump in the life goat and adios everybody else. But we're caring for ourselves because we want to love our neighbors as ourselves. 
We want that care for ourselves to be the foundation of all of our justice and advocacy work. As we put in boundaries and we put in supports and we put in what is needed for long-term, sustained, transformative change. Because serving and advocating can be one of the most, two of the most selfish things we can do. I love it. I love that feeling of when you go and you volunteer, you serve, and you just, just get all the endorphins running through your body. You know you're making a difference in the world. And being able to advocate, and uh, maybe you don't change your legislator's mind, but you know that they had to answer the phone at least once a day for 40 days. We take a problem that seems uncontrollable, and we do something about it. And it feels great. But if we're not caring for ourselves while we do this justice and advocacy, while we do the mercy and service, then we will hit that point of total despair when it seems like nothing we do matters. And that's when we take great comfort in the fact that God is God and we are not. That we're participating in the work that God has in the world. So look at the second to last page in the bulletin. So it's not the last page, and it's not the prayers. It would be where it says upcoming, and you can see the mission um, for a healthier St. Louis. Each week between now and the end of this school year, we will have three challenges. One, to advocate, one to, to serve, and one to care. The one for caring this week is to schedule a Sabbath day, a 24-hour period when you're not doing schoolwork, work work, work of any kind, however you define it, but instead you're allowing God to restore you and restore your soul. And Sabbath is an act of resistance where we say, okay, all of the systems of the world, you don't define me. God defines me. So I want you to do this this week, or if your schedule this week is too busy, schedule it for two or three weeks out from now. But do that so that you can then do the other things. So that you can get the, is it UMC's justice emails that we have people signing up for? I need to see this. Sorry. I'm going to copy these in here. Oh, and donate. Oh, inviting a friend to junk its what's for dinner. Okay? And then donate to hurricane disaster relief. Those are ways where you can advocate and serve. But make sure that we're caring for ourselves each and every week. The good news is that we get to participate in the work that God is doing to bring about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, which we are envisioning and articulating as a healthier St. Louis. But we must care for ourselves as we engage in the long-term work of justice and advocacy. This care, this love, is our call, and it's God's gift. Because each and every one of us in this room and each and every person in the greater St. Louis area and each and every person around the world is precious and beloved and worthy of care. Amen.